The How Dare You podcast is brought to you by titties. (laughs) (laughs) The How Dare You podcast is brought to you by the Vegas Beer Guys and the Sounds and Cinema podcast. The How Dare You podcast contains explicit language. Because we learned it from you, Dad. Hello and welcome to the How Dare You Podcast. This is the Thing Edition, a teachable moment. We're sticking with our winter theme. My name is Chance of the How Dare You Awards. Joining me, the lady... My name is Michelle. uh, The lady I'm hoping (laughs) won't be too angry for making... For having me making this her teachable moment due to all the dog deaths, Lady Chu of Tuity Fitness. Hi, Chu. Hey, Chance. I thought for a second you forgot my name. I'm like, hey, no. uh, Michelle here. I just, I realized that I really went far out on a limb with this teachable moment because one of my notes is like this movie starts with a dog hunt. And my note was, is is Lady Chu right now saying, what the fuck? Yes. <laughs> I turned it on this morning and Ethan walks out of the bedroom. I had already been up. I started the movie. And I I think the, one of the first things he heard me say was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I was pissed. I'm like, okay, I'm, you know, I know it's a good movie. I know it, this is a good movie. So we're just going to power through. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy's problem? This guy fucking sucks. <laughs> and then, you know, there's In more his defense. We know now. That why dog is an alien. We know now. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, still, I would have. Yeah, I would have. Um, Was it a rough go for you? the dog. <laughs> What's that? Was it a rough go for you? Yeah, I had a hard time for a little bit. I'm like, fuck, do I turn this movie off? I'm like, no, it's it's not real, Michelle. It's fine. It's not fucking real. Okay, so at the end of the day, is this a good movie? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. For a 1982 movie, very, very good. It's fucking great. And not just a good movie in general. This is a good scary movie or a good mm-hmm. horror movie. The Thank uh, effects, you. solid. Very gross. Very. I was like, ooh, that's a good one. There's a couple in here. Actually, on the other podcast, Tom and I just talked about we're on the Terminator series. And I mentioned in that series that there's a scene that is what I consider to be the all-time greatest effect I've seen in a movie. And this movie has one... That's right there with it for me. We'll get there when we get there, Chew. Ooh. But there's an effect in this movie that I think is out of this world good, if you'll pardon the pun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about The Thing 
1982 film directed by John Carpenter. 1982, Chew. I have another podcast coming out about movies from 1982. We talked about this movie and we argued about it quite a bit, Mr. Matthew Eldritch and I. Why were you guys arguing about this movie? How could no, how? Well, talk Say to more. him about it. Matthew He's doesn't not like a fan. The movie? He had never seen it. None too impressed. Excuse you? But throughout <laughs> throughout this podcast, I hope to explain to him why he's wrong. Okay, well, yeah, he can come back and listen to this episode. Matthew, everything that happens from here on out is for you. It's for your educational purposes. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. This movie has 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. However, Chew... That is complete revisionist history, which we talked about on the other podcast. When this movie came out, critics hated it. And I mean hated it. Why? This movie got dumped on like it was a piece of shit. Oh, no. Yeah, this they considered it just gore for the sake of gore. And gross for the sake of gross. And to put it mildly, they just didn't get it. And same financially. This movie had a budget of $15 million. That's a lot for a horror movie in 1982. But only an opening weekend of $3.1 million. In the USA, it made $19,629,000. In the world... $19,632,000. Whoa. I love it when movies do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They got like a couple hundred thousand dollars throughout the whole rest of the world. Yikes. But that has to be from, because there wasn't really international, putting movies out internationally at the time, really. So it has to be. Yeah. I think it's minuscule because they whatever midnight Just showing didn't somewhere. It that way. Yeah. yeah, midnight showing in Bangladesh. <laughs> Chu, do you <laughs> do you remember what How Dare You movie we did that was directed by John Carpenter? Quiz time I mean, for Chu. We just had this uh, conversation before we we started recording, which was I didn't remember what the last movie we did was. <laughs> so. So I'll take it as a no. Uh, Correct. We also watched a John Carpenter movie a couple years ago, I believe, on Halloween that you'd never seen by the name of... Alien. Halloween. No. What was it? Halloween. Okay. (laughs) He directed the original Halloween. He directed Starman, The Fog. Have you seen Big Trouble in Little China? Have we talked about that movie? No. Is that also with Kurt Russell? Yeah. Yeah. Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. Interesting in that series. I'd have to watch it again. I'd almost be willing to say that, well, just for the sake of the joke, I'll say Escape from New York would be a teachable moment. Escape from L.A., total how dare you movie. Got it. Have to do it someday. (laughs) Um. 
he also, did I mention Christine and Starman? He did those, but he did Big Trouble in Little China. That's a weird, amazing movie, Chew. I really can't decide if that's a teachable moment or a how dare you movie. It's crazy enough to be a how dare you a movie. It's great enough to be a teachable moment. If you're on the fence, it's probably a how dare you. How dare you, madam? <laughs> Don't you tell me. If you have to second guess yourself, it's probably a how dare you. Uh, and that's okay. I disagree. So what's the movie that we did that was John Carpenter? <laughs> they Live. Oh, fuck. That's right. Because it came up. I should have known because it came up on my Amazon thing when I searched up the thing. Be like, <laughs> Other people have also looked up They Live. Right. Got it. Excellent. Yeah. Well, like I said, this movie got lambasted when it first came out. It made no money, but it has since, like once it got on video, it became this cult classic and is considered one of the best. This is good. I can kind of understand why back in 1982 people wouldn't have loved this movie. Uh, but, you know, with time and perspective, this movie's fucking good. Well, it's interesting because that happened a couple times in 1982. Blade Runner came out, wasn't exactly an overwhelming hit, and then all of a sudden became this huge phenomenon cult classic that spawned a sequel just a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, same with The Thing. The Thing, they... There's a 2011 movie called The Thing that presented itself as a remake, but is in fact a prequel to this movie. Interesting. Not as good. Obviously. This movie's fucking great. It's so good. Like I was willing to listen to Matt. I'm not. And he, he has some points that I'll agree <laughs> with, but this movie's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the acting was good. Um, I feel like they did a good job of really trying to make the audience focus on the fact that they are out here alone. They are not going to get help. And that in itself is fucking scary. And they have, they can't trust anybody. Imagine being stuck isolated on a fucking continent with a small group of people and you can't, you don't know who anybody is. That's the big thing. The isolation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, the isolation and then coupled that with the lack of trust. Yeah. You know, that's what's great about this movie. There was this scene at the end where everything gets blown up. Mm -hmm. And the only light in the shot is from the explosion. There's no other light. There's no outside light. It's just literally the darkest of dark. Yeah. And then they kind of, you know, the fire goes down and you can really get a sense for how alone everybody is. Right. I mean. And also. I was like, that sucks. Real explosions. Oh, yeah. Totally. (laughs) I really hate it nowadays when I see a CGI explosion. Yeah, fucking blow that shit up. It's fine. The fucking flare acting in this movie is phenomenal. 
Really? Kurt Russell yeah. is doing his best flare acting. He is constantly holding flares. And you know that during filming, John Carpenter was like, hold it closer to your face. He's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, I've got to light my beard on fire, asshole. <laughs> but Kurt Russell right. so he can do it. Love him. Well, now, for the benefit of the audience, could you go ahead and explain the plot of this movie? Ooh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Get after it. Go. Uh, so we open up with a, a spaceship, basically, flinging itself out of space and going into Antarctica. And you're like, okay, here we go. Also, to be <laughs> fair, not to be fair, but a little side note. I do nothing about the thing. Shocker. I did not. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> I didn't know that it was an alien monster, not like a monster monster. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was an alien. So that was fun. Um, And then, uh, you know, obviously on Antarctica, you have different stations where people are at and they're very far away from each other. Isolated. Um. And we open up with a dog being chased by a helicopter, which is fucked up. I am displeased about that still. <laughs> helicopter crashes or blows up. How about the music, though? Good shit. It was awesome. It was solid. As you open okay. up. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I have more to say about that. but um, So the people at the station, Kurt Russell's crew, ends up shooting the guy who was in the helicopter who more or less crash lands. Not really. Um, and they're like, what the fuck is he shooting this dog for? It's so fucking weird. And then weird stuff starts to happen and they go <laughs> and they go and explore the other station where he was supposed to have come from and everything's fucked, blown up, I'll burnt, say. bad shit fucking happened, obviously. But there's something weird about this dog. So everybody goes back to the station and, uh, then you realize that doggy dog isn't a doggy dog. He's scary. He's a bad dog. And then you're like, oh, there's a monster. He's a clone monster. And then, uh, yeah, bad stuff happens. I'll say. They're out in Antarctica. They're alone. It's fucking cold. It's the beginning of winter. And there's a a, a clone alien monster floating around the station and nobody knows who it is right fantastic right awesome i mean the sense of panic that sets in i mean the panic i would feel finding out that the dog wasn't a dog kill me (laughs) just kill me and then having to watch the monster the the bad doggy kill all the other doggies that's not cool right that's not cool well, <laughs> I find it amusing. Like, I imagine, you know, there's nine men and then Lady Chu outside this gate. And the dog is attacking other dogs. And you would probably just say, Gary, give me your gun. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't watch this. You're I like, can't watch this nah. kill the dogs and I can't watch the dog kill the other dogs. I just can't do it. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> Or that's appropriate. Actually. Or you just or you just walk outside and just beeline like I'm just gonna keep walking till I die. <laughs> yep. Don't come looking for me. I'll be dead. <laughs> that's an excellent summary. Thank you. 
Uh, obviously, we won't talk How Dare You Awards because this movie's this is, fucking awesome. This does not qualify. Matthew. <laughs> I'm so happy you've seen this movie after so long because we've talked about it for so long. Yeah. I'm also glad that you did not let your uh, your dog love ruin the movie for you. <laughs> I mean, I was towing the line. Well, I actually texted Tom from the Everything Sequel podcast not too long ago because I couldn't remember. We were talking about some movie, and he said that there's the absolute best dog acting in that movie. And he said that he thought he was saying it about Halloween 5. And I just... In my mind, it had to have been this movie we were talking about, but this movie's not a sequel, so obviously we weren't talking about it. Right. And I realized, oh, no, it can't be this movie. But this movie, the best fucking dog acting in the history of dog acting. That's funny you brought that up because I was thinking it while it was happening, and then I didn't make note of it. Um, a really fantastic... Like, just him walking through the station alone, and he peeks out the door. I fucking cracked up. I was like, that's a fucking dog thing to do. And he's suspicious, and he's hanging out with what's-his-face in the room. And, oof. That dog. He, he like, walks down the hall, turns to his right, our left, looks in a room, then looks off to another room as though he's seen something, walks up to that door... We see a shadow against the wall. He pauses at the door and then goes in. Amazing. That is some serious fucking dog acting. In addition, when Richard Mauser puts him in the, in the, like, you know, the kennel, the pen, he enters slowly and lies down and no other dogs get up. Yeah. So Clark has put him in. He locks the door. He's slowly walking in. All the other dogs stay put. Best fucking dog acting. Uh, I completely, completely agree. All those dogs are properly trained because it looks like the other dogs are just kind of chilling. But you can tell by the way they're breathing that they're mm-hmm. working. Yeah. But they're trying to like be cool. They're like, yeah, man, it's cool. And then this dog, bad doggy. There's a dog eating a fence in that scene. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that could have just been like, hey, Doug, do whichever, you know, do your normal thing. That could have just been normal shit for that dog. I was listening to commentary, you know, when they, you know, when the, oh, first of all, let's talk about banana split face. Oof. (laughs) Rough. (laughs) Because it happens quickly. You're on the dog's face and you think, because he's like shaking. (laughs) And you think that's going to last longer, and it doesn't. And his face just splits apart. And he becomes the thing. Yeah. But then but he, he starts... wasn't doggy to begin with, so it's fine. So and it's that's okay. That's I kept telling myself. He yeah. wasn't doggy. <laughs> doggy no never doggy. existed. It was only the, the thing. Yeah. But you know that moment where he starts squirting out the goo, and it hits the other dog? I didn't like that. You know what it is? Syrup. Yeah, it's like the inside of a Twinkie, just not aerated. <laughs> Same stuff. Wow. Yeah. The doggy didn't like it. <laughs> no, he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I hope all those dogs got hugs after this movie. 
So many hugs. Or in between sets. I hope somebody loved them. Because <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> Would you have... Did you make any notes? Did you just watch notes. it? Would you have grievances? No. I mean, the dog stuff was hard, but, uh, you know, I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I only made notes um, as far as, like, where we were in the plot or where we were in the story. Yeah. Um, but no grievances. I didn't tally anything up. I, I just made notes to kind of keep me on track. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when we recorded. Very good then. Yeah. I don't make notes on a... You just pod, let it wash over uh, you. I understand. What is it we're doing? Teachable moment. Fuck, <laughs> what broken. is it we're doing? What is this? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> well, the the one nagging thing about this movie is, but I think it, but it's on purpose. I think Carpenter did this on purpose. And if you need to solve a problem, don't put nine men in a room. God, they're all fucking dumb. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really, that's a really great point. So, so there's that. Yeah. But even at the time in 1982, I mean, you just didn't have movies with an all male cast. Yeah. There's no women. It's unusual. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So I was wondering if you if you thought about it, it or, or even noticed. I was concerned about the doggy. <laughs> I had bigger <laughs> fish to fry. I was worried about the dog. What did you think when they're chasing that dog in the helicopter? Was, was it just fu- what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is fucking bullshit. I fucking hate all of this. Fuck this guy. <laughs> And then I was nervous for the dog during filming. Yeah. Because he looks kind of like, he looks kind of scared. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, there's a moment that chopper's low. That dog was like, like, oh, shit. Yeah. I'm like, I don't fucking like this. I disagree completely. So did you like it when Gary shot that guy in the face then? Yeah, I put, guy gets shot in head. Good. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? Unfortunately, even though I know why he was doing it, I still stand by it. Uh... I just still stand by it. Fuck All him. right. Something I noticed this time was Donald Moffat, who plays Gary, the guy who shot him. I noticed that it kind of took a toll on him having killed a man. Yeah. When he walks outside. Yeah, he was. Even though there's like, there are lines afterwards. I, I wondered how long uh, it would take for Gary to use his pop gun or whatever Palmer says. Yeah. I noticed that this time and appreciated it. All right. Uh, you know what? We've, we've got a good start here, Chew. Why don't we take a break and then we'll come back. How about that? Party. Excellent. Right after this. Can I ask you a question? Do you like beer? I like beer. It's required by law that you like beer when you're living in San Diego, California. But even I can get confused and dizzied by the amount of choices that you can see at your local beer store. What's a person to do? I'll tell you what you do. 
You'll watch the Vegas Beer Guys, a live show on Instagram and Facebook, and they will set you right as to what beers you should have in your life or should not have in your life. The Vegas Beer Guys are brought to you by Dan Aker, the beer professional, and Stephen Weiss, self-proclaimed beer novice. They'll drink beers for you and drink beers with you. Go ahead and check out their live shows, and they'll tell you which beers you should be having in your fridge. Everybody wants the perfect combination of molten hops in your life, and Dan Aker and Stephen Weiss are the perfect combination of fantastic and wonderful. Check them out on Facebook. Check them out on Instagram. Find them. You're going to watch their show and love their show. They give away free merch during their shows. So go ahead and check out the Vegas Beer Guys. What a great time. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Lady Chu and I are here discussing The Thing. A teachable moment, I say, from 1982. Okay. Uh, where to go next? Oh, I did say, I think John Carpenter helped out with it. But the music is, strangely enough, done by uh, Morricone, or Morricone. He's a famous composer that did, like, lots of spaghetti westerns, right? Okay. This this music for this movie was nominated for a Razzie. I saw that. And then music that he didn't use for this movie, Quentin Tarantino, that was designed for this movie, Quentin Tarantino used for The Hateful Eight, and he won an Academy Award for it. It's so fucking Sometimes I'm smart. Sometimes I'm just like (laughs) on it. Because when they're walking, uh, when Kurt Russell, and I can't remember who's with him, they go to the other station and they're walking around and they walk in and the music that's playing, I'm like, fuck, that reminds me of like, that is very Quentin Tarantino, like Hateful Eight vibes. I kept picturing Hateful Eight in the house. And I was like, God, that's kind of cool. I'm like, that's kind of weird. Look at me. Look at you go. My God. You were thinking while watching and listening. That's a proud moment for me. Not bad. I'm going to pat myself on the back. You are becoming, (laughs) you're still a movie novice, but. Totally. But I have my moments. We'll put movie novice plus. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to point out that once again, the Razzies know fuck all about what's good. They make mistakes sometimes. God damn it. Yeah. Worst music. How dare you? I mean, it's definitely a little different. It's great. I wouldn't say it's the worst. When that opening shot, you see that chopper and you... Fucking great. It's fucking great. (laughs) Did Matt, did uh, Matthew disagree with you on that one? Well, he... I. I think he was just offended that Carpenter started putting some of his own stuff in instead of using, like, one of the greatest composers ever. But, like, look, a lot of the music is Morricone. So, most of it. Almost all of it. I don't really know. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure. (laughs) I'm 
just going to say it. It doesn't matter. It's all fucking great. And it's that's what good. matters. Yeah. Okay? What did you think when Kurt Russell, by the way, so, I mean, you love Kurt Russell, so how do you feel about young Mc, McCready? Love him. Yeah. He's very Kurt Russell. I take exception to a man that just pours alcohol into a goddamn computer. I, I want to be like, okay, Kurt, that's a little excessive because now you just fucked it up. And I can't play chess, you fucking asshole. Yeah. <laughs> um, I loved his uh, helicopter hat. Yeah. Cracked me up. <laughs> Solid. Um, Actually, yeah, I remember. Kurt, Kurt Russell can't do any wrong for me. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care what he does. Apparently, uh-huh. Carpenter really wanted that hat, and Kurt Russell kept saying, you sure? <laughs> and he's like, no, yeah, it works. He's like, am I right? <laughs> it's kind of big. He's like, that's ah, cool. It's fine. <laughs> that's funny. I might have assumed maybe that would have been something that Kurt Russell suggested. Be like, let's wear this fucking hat. Let's mm-hmm. just see what happens. But there's something interesting within that character of McReady, Mac, where, again, like, these are kind of nine idiots. Yeah. I wouldn't want to put any of them in charge of anything I was doing. But of the nine, Max the one I trust the most. Yeah, totally. He's very just straightforward, handle your shit, no bullshit. He's noticing he, things know, that others aren't. Yeah. He's sort of intuiting something's going on before it's even going on. Yeah. His survival instincts are kicking in. Everyone else's, like, panic trigger is turned all the way right. on. Just right. panic. Um, You know, he's a helicopter pilot. He's not an idiot. Like, you know, the guy's smart. Right. I like him. Solid choice. I also like that he has lines like... Uh, well, because it's different than us. Because it's from outer space, see? What do you want from me? <laughs> it's a fucking alien. I don't know everything. Right. Fuckhead. Which is really a reasonable thing to say. Everyone's looking for answers, so they're going to look to Mac. And he's like, I don't fucking... I don't know. Right. I don't know. It's a fucking alien. How much do you think I know about aliens? <laughs> um, I would have answered very similarly. Yeah. Yeah. Get off my dick. I don't fucking know. (laughs) You always have just the right words. (laughs) Uh, Get off my dick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. So... What did you think of, I like it when they go to the Norwegian outpost. Yeah. That's some good shit. Yeah, totally. Like they walk in and the axe is in the door. Mm -hmm. And then we see the axe. We see those, we see similar things start to happen that we know happened at the other station. So that was kind of cool. You know, it was so cold that when the guy slit his own throat, Everything just froze the right. way it was. Like, I was like, that's good. Blood that dripping down. Good shit. Like frozen from the wrists. Loved it. I don't know if that's actually possible, but I enjoyed it. 
It's got to be pretty fucking cold. <laughs> yeah, like instantly cold. A couple of fun facts for you about this movie. One, they actually built the station in the summertime on like a on a cliff like a, like a you know in British okay. Columbia on a real location they built it in summer and then went back in the winter after snow had like laid all over it yeah. so that was the plan from the start nice they were shooting interiors in Los Angeles kept all those interior interiors refrigerated to about 40 degrees in the middle of an over 100 degree summer so the actress kept having to bundle up and wearing you know 35 40 degree weather inside and then they go outside and it would be over 100 degrees and so a lot of them got sick makes sense they filmed all that shit and then went to british columbia and filmed all the stuff that they had to there and so so many of those shots where they're walking around outside and there's kind of almost blizzard type conditions actual weather they're actually filming they're actually firing off flamethrowers i love that they probably hated it but very cool i mean they talk about how like what a tough shoot it was but all the actors were super into their characters and trying to make it as believable as possible and i mean the Oh, another fun fact, just in terms of, like, making it real. So we kind of already talked about the explosions at the end and how they're real. Yeah. And now we're at the part in the story where they uh, fly the helicopter to the Norwegian outpost, and it's all fucked up and burned. They just used the one place that they blew up and then shot the helicopter coming in. So it's like one of the last things they shot. Nice. Right? I love that. Come on. This movie's fucking awesome. So good. <laughs> um, um, where are we at now? So they're, they're at the outpost. They're the at the outpost. outpost. They're finding papers. They're yeah. finding dead people. Dead. Then they find that huge block of ice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then they, they find an alien the body. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I go... Two ways in this movie. This body that they find at the Norwegian outpost and bring back and they take it off and it's like smoking and all fucked up and they're... Yeah. That looks amazing. That's really good. It's so good. Yeah, it was excellent. I was really surprised. Obviously, I didn't... I said before, I didn't know anything about the thing and I didn't know that it was alien. So when I saw... You know, they do like the big reveal. I'm like, that's a that's fucking awesome. Right. That looks gross as fuck. Well, and not just that, but it's shot so well. Yeah. It's a tiny room with one thing in the middle and nine people surrounding it. How do you film that? Don't know. And so Carpenter's, you know. Circling. Circling around behind them at an angle where. You're seeing, like, the waist of the people right in front of you, but through the gaps, you can see the faces of the other guys. Meanwhile, yeah. right in front of you is lurking this 
mangled creature that used to be a person with its face splitting apart. So good. Loved. Fucking yeah, great. Yeah, I put Alien is fucked up. He has two faces? Question mark. <laughs> Why would you bring that with you? Just leave it. Just leave it. That is Monster 101. Leave it alone. Come on. Why would you bring Why are you touching it? Monster 101. Just step oh. away and go home. I you already have one waiting for you at the house. <laughs> You've got monsters that have split their faces apart already. You don't need to bring new ones in. (laughs) What are you thinking? Let's make a bad situation even fucking worse. (laughs) Couple of things, though. So in the dog splitting face scene, you know, all the men walk over and then Mac opens the door and he flashes the flashlight inside. And you notice that there's this slight push in on this heap of monster with blood everywhere sitting in. And I love that shot because as it slowly pushes in, to me, that is saying, oh, we're fucked. Like, our bad (laughs) situation just went to a whole new level. Love that. (laughs) And this is the point where we don't know. That doggy is not doggy. And so I was thinking. You mean back at the, uh, when we bring the, the other body. bring yeah. the thing back. Yeah. Yeah. And I put, dog looks like he wants to say, you dumb motherfuckers. You brought that fucking thing back. <laughs> Didn't know doggy was really just being like, oh, cool. They brought him back. Oh, uh, so see. Yeah. That. I guess awesome. it's because I know the movie so well and I've seen it. I, I, I look at that look differently. I look at the dog looking at that look or looking out the window when they're bringing that body yeah. in. And he's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> they're Idiots. so stupid. <laughs> Can always count on men being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that uh, the dog looking out the window. Yeah. Good dog acting. Fucking dog acting, man. The best. So good. God damn it. That dog deserves a fucking Academy Award. <laughs> dog is dead now, but he did a good job. Right. Yeah. Jed, I think, was the dog's name. Nice. A good name. But the dog running was not Jed. It was some different dog that they, I don't know, made to look like Jed. Well, I, I bet everything I own that that dog was permanently afraid of helicopters after that. <laughs> I think all dogs, we could safely say. Are afraid of helicopters. Are afraid of helicopters. Yeah, I guess so. You know? <laughs> it's right up there with fireworks. Yeah. Not fans. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that's good stuff. Well, now, what do you make of, because it's at this point that Wilford Brimley is starting to, by the way, Wilford Brimley. Do you know who Wilford Brimley is, Chew? No. Fucking goddammit. Well, maybe. Hold on. Grievance. You should know all these actors, by the way. You should know Wilford Brimley. You know Keith David, right? Yes. Because we talked about Keith David. Richard Mauser, Richard Dysart, Charles Hallahan, Donald Moffat. You should know all of them. If you say so. (laughs) <laughs> I'm willing. God damn it. He's uh, Wilford is Dr. Blair, who Correct. gets 
they they seclude him in the shack outside. Have you seen Cocoon? No. Ah, chew. I don't want to watch a movie called Cocoon because I can tell you right now I'm probably not going to like it. You'll love it. Sounds disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds slimy and gross. No, not it's not. Like this, the thing. No, it's not. Wilford Brimley. We won't ever get sick, we won't grow old, and we won't ever die. Cocoon. (laughs) 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 Oh, shit. Anyway, so Wilford Brimley starts putting some pieces together, and then I love it when he's asking Clark, when he's asking... uh, Richard Mauser, like, how long have you spent with that dog? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe an hour. What are you looking at me like that for? <laughs> nothing. It's probably nothing. Nothing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you this. What, because uh, we, we, again, we're still talking 1982. There's a blend of like what I think is some great shit in here. Uh, so when they go and they find the spaceship, they're looking at the videotapes and they go and they find the spaceship. Yeah. But the spaceship is half them actually in British Columbia and half a matte painting. Right. And you can tell that it's a painting. Yeah. But it still looks fucking good. Solid. Come on. I appreciated it. I understand. The hatch was real. I can hate on it. The spaceship was the painting. Yeah. But when they climb over, when they have the ropes and they're climbing down the side of a mountain, they actually did that. Yeah, you could tell. Looks amazing. It looks good. I was not upset about it. I would not do that. (laughs) Fuck no. I don't know if they use stuntmen for that. Kurt Russell just said, fuck it. I'm not going to rappel into a fucking canyon with an alien spaceship with no backup. (laughs) No backup. No. Hey, let's climb down here. And Um, the hatch is open. I have problems at home. I got to go fix. (laughs) I can't do this right now. This seems like a bad idea. Idiots. Like every choice you make in this movie, men. Bad idea. But the uh, the hole in the snow also real, with and the blueness, that's real. Oh, yeah. All that nice. shit's real. Well, Mr. Carpenter knew what he was doing. I'm just saying. Good stuff. Fucking great. And then I think, uh, I mean, so basically, that's some spectacle. We're starting to figure out more about what's going on. They realize they dug this thing up out of the ice. It, probably melted they're talking about that and the next thing you know fucking blair is going nuts he's displeased man i'm interested about blair's progression or regression however you want to look at it because at the end we find out that he's a thing so i think well what do you think well i'm not really sure i don't know when that would have happened because the thing would have had to sneak outside into the shack and infect him there, or he was already infected before he went in when he was still in the station. The thing, the 
the turning point for me where I was like, oh, Blair is not Blair, uh, was when McCready goes and visits him alone. Yeah. He doesn't open the door and the noose is in there. Yeah. And he kept saying. I love there's no comment on the noose. There's just a (laughs) noose sitting there. (laughs) Totally. Like, everyone's on the same page. I see what's going on here. I understand. Um, But he kept saying. I'm I'm ready to come inside. Yeah. I'm ready to come inside now. I promise I won't hurt anybody. I'm ready to come inside now. And I'm like, nah, uh -uh. you stay fucking right where you are. You keep repeating that same generic bullshit. Go ahead. You know what? Actually, go ahead and put wrap that thing around your neck. I could give a fuck. (laughs) You're not Blair anymore. I agree with you. Yeah. That's when I think he is. uh, He's a thing. He's a thing. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know when he turned, like when he was having his fit. Well, I think you had axe. it exactly right. That's what I always thought, that uh, Palmer or somebody else that we knew to be the thing came outside, opened that yeah. little thing, and did that hand thing that he does to Moffat at Ooh, the end. Yeah. You know, That was good effects. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. His, his fingers are all up in face. his skin and shit. That's good. And I prefer that to as good as so many of the effects look here the huge monster at the end i'm like meh yeah i felt the same way i was like the other ones were so good it would be it would be more intense to me if tk carter wilford brimley and donald moffat were all like walking towards mccready yeah. And he, the paranoia is still there. He doesn't know what to do. Right. And he has to make a choice. Dynamite those fuckers or not. Yeah. That would be interesting. Agreed. That would have been better. But, I mean, I guess at the end you have to see the big one. Yeah. I guess that's what they're It just doesn't look the like, because there's big want. ones. The big one in the dog, that looked great. That flower thing that comes out and comes right towards <laughs> fucking... <laughs> Keith David? Love yeah, it. It was good. That one I like. Oh, well. The So I had mentioned earlier about my favorite. Maybe I'll save it. Oh, say it. Well, I was going to say because two things. Well, should we take a break? Okay. Let's take a break and then we'll come back. How about that? Got it. All right. We're going to take a break and then I'll come back and share the thing that I love the most. Get it? The thing? I love it. Oh, oh, right after this. If you like podcasts like I do, boy, do I have a treat for you. You need to stay on target and check out the Sounds and Cinema podcast. Listen as your host, sound designer and music creator, Tony Parham, and co-host, musical performer and sound lover, Derek Hansen, D-Rock if you're nasty, and I am, discuss all things sound related to film, television, stage, and theatrical productions. They discuss environmental sounds, bioacoustics, dialogue, the nature of communication through sound, but as an added bonus, they drink beer and try to... Stay on target! Find them wherever you get your podcasts and listen to the pure mania of a man who can charitably be described as Doug, the dog from Up, and another man with a soothing and sultry voice trying to get that man to stay on target. 
That's the Sounds and Cinema Podcast. Tune in and listen to the sounds they are creating just for you. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Lady Chu and I are here discussing the fucking great The Thing. <laughs> doesn't roll off the tongue. No, yeah, that didn't it? work too well. <laughs> I fucking love this movie, though, Chu. I, I'm not sad that I've watched it. A bazillion times. At least three times in the past four or five months. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, a couple of things. I'll get to the thing I love, but okay. one, um, I noticed something as a grievance that I wanted to know if you noticed because there is a moment when Blair is explaining to everybody what the fuck's going on with the dogs, and he's like, he's saying it's a copy. Right. This thing was trying to become another thing, and so. But he's got a pencil and he kind of puts the pencil. It looks to me like he puts the pencil on the blood and guts of the thing. And then he puts it up against his mouth. I didn't notice. <laughs> I thought if Chu noticed that, she's going to go ape shit. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot put dirty shit in or around your mouth. <laughs> you can't. You could become you the thing stop. that way. Maybe that's how he got infected. <gasps> Ooh, interesting. Oh. Somebody get John Carpenter on the phone right now. Oh, shit. Make a call, Chew. Did you ever think about that? You must not have. No. Reacted. I was just thinking, ooh, gross. <laughs> it is gross. But it could have been the thing that made him the thing. Yeah. Mm. But, I mean, I, who would not notice to do that? The it only thing about that, mistake. though, is that's before he takes an axe to everything. Yeah, because it instantly infects you. It is instantaneous, yeah. essentially. That's some good axe acting, by the way. <laughs> All of that looked very dangerous. They just let him go with the axe. He's destroying <laughs> yeah. shit. And then he puts that axe through a table that Kurt Russell is holding. Yeah. I'm just saying, I in mean, 1982, you could do whatever the fuck you wanted. <laughs> Not a lot of safety protocols. No. <laughs> I don't think it was a real stick of dynamite, but there's a moment where Kurt Russell throws a stick of dynamite at, uh, yeah. I think it's when Palmer runs through the wall. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> the actual explosion knocked him straight back into the wall. Yeah. He talks about it. He's like, yeah, that's... I didn't expect it to be that big. That knocked me on my ass. <laughs> Fucking amazing. This movie. Um, all right. So the moment, Chew. Okay. I mean, I, there's still some shit I want to talk about. I want to talk about the blood test scene. Oh, yeah. And we got to, the blood test scene is like the best thing in this movie. Yeah. So fun. Amazing. But right before that, is it right before that? I think. Um, Charles Hallahan dies of what appears to be a heart attack. And then the doc gets up on him and we have the teeth. The teeth 
don't look so good. No. But we get the chomp of the arms and, you know. Solid. So he's fucked. But the best effect is when his head starts separating from his body coming down the table. A thousand percent. I was hoping you would say that. Oh, my God. It's so amazing. I was in the middle of eating a piece of pizza, cold pizza, (laughs) as that was happening. And I was like, I almost need to not eat this right now. (laughs) (laughs) I need, I don't know. Will pepperoni make you the thing? Start to question Excellent. everything. It was so good. It's amazing because, I mean, it's all, I mean, there are edits, but but you, at first, you watch his head from above stretching. Meanwhile, yeah. the tongue is still moving around and it, lo- it looks like a real head to me. It looks like Charles Hallahan. God yeah. damn it. It was It good. looks like and then, Norris. And then it starts coming then, down the side. And it's all green? Yeah. Oh. It was really fantastic. But the eyes are always moving. The tongue is moving. The mouth is opening, kind of closing. It's so good. Yeah. And then his head turns into a spider. And I said, oh, no, a spider? What the fuck? <laughs> I No, fuck that. Fuck the thing. And also, another great line. You gotta be fucking kidding. An appropriate response. So good. Because his head turned into a fucking spider. Right. Oh, I also love the, like, so after they, when they attack Wilford Brimley, when that whole thing happens, they put him in the shack. And Mac is saying, how you doing, old boy? And he, the look, like, Wilford Brimley's just such a great actor. When he looks up at him, he's like, I don't know who to trust. Fucking love that line. I'm not doing good. So good. <laughs> I fucking love everything about it. It's so oh, good, god damn it. <laughs> I put pencil on beast, then to mouth. Idiot. Disgusting. All right, well, let's talk about the blood test, though. I want your thoughts on the blood test. This scene, it's such an all-time great horror scene to me. Yeah. Fucking love it. Because even as the as as the audience, I don't know. I have no fucking idea right. who it is. And I'm usually pretty good at guessing, I feel like. I have no fucking clue. I, w- I even wrote before the blood test. I'm like, it might be Kurt. I know that we've seen him alone. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I mean, that can mean something or nothing. Um, The movie faked you out. Right? That's what they Uh, they wanted people to start thinking. Could it be? Yeah. Could it be, Kurt? Um, I definitely thought that that was a possibility, especially when he came back Mm -hmm. out of the storm alone. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And they they found the shirt with his name on it. and Mm -hmm. It was ripped. Um. And then the blood test, I'm like, okay, well, I don't think we ever saw McCready's blood tested. No, they did test it. Oh, okay. Because there's that moment where he says, now I'll show you what I already know. I already know. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, Although I have grievances about 
how they're cutting people's hands. Yeah. Don't cut on my thumb where I got to grab things. Like, go on the go on the top. Like, yeah, it's my thumb. Yeah. And he sliced, like, from it. the top of the thumb all the way to the bottom. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> a, a tiny nick will do, sir. <laughs> I don't have enough fucking problems with dogs' faces splitting. I got to now have an owie on my goddamn thumb. <laughs> owie. <laughs> <laughs> Also, evidently, AIDS wasn't a uh, wasn't a factor here because well, they're I, using the same scalpel. Yeah, but I think this whole movie spoke to the AIDS epidemic, and I I also think it speaks today to COVID. Just yeah. the idea of whatever you go Anybody out to a restaurant, it? paranoia sets in. You don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Um, wait, who was the, mon- uh, it was Windows was the monster? No, Windows got attacked by the monster. That's it was right. Palmer. Palmer. Yeah. Palmer was it. But yeah, everybody thought it coming. was Gary. How about that moment? Did you, the fake out was great, isn't it? Yeah. I thought you'd say that, Gary. We'll do you last. Psst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that scene because I was surprised every time, regardless of the, you know, whether it came out positive or negative, I was surprised every time I was just ready for anything. To right. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's so it's, uh, I'm fascinated to know what was going through your brain during all of these moments. Cause this is your teachable moment, which means you'd never seen this movie before, like a dumbass, And now you're a better person for it. <laughs> But it does offer interesting insight to an audience member seeing an 82 movie in 2022 after so many years and what works and what doesn't, you know, what you were thinking about who was who and what was what. I mean, it's crazy to think that this movie is 40 years old. Yeah. That's insane. It looks great, too, doesn't it? Phenomenal. I mean, a, and I was a lot of '80s movies, movies look '80s, mm-hmm. and their appearance does, like clothes and that kind of thing. But the movie itself doesn't. Right. Love it. Uh, yeah. Good shit. Excellent. And so, yeah, Palmer. <laughs> I love that they're all tied up too. So you got Gary there. You yeah. got Childs there. They're like, get me out of Come on. <laughs> but again, smart filmmaking because he breaks away from his ropes and goes up to the ceiling and then comes down. I did yeah. think Windows was an idiot. Like, look, I, I get that a monster standing in front of you, but that's not the time to pause. He was a panicker, Chew. A panicker. And we all know how I feel about those. Okay. Don't you dare fucking Gotta panic on me. Fucking light that thing on fire. You know who's not a panicker? Fucking Mac. Mr. Russell. Yeah. (laughs) Love everything about him. And then the best part about all of it is, I mean, this guy, Palmer, is lit on fire. He runs through a wall. That's the moment where he throws the stick of dynamite at him that puts him on his ass. And then they also have to kill Windows. Yeah. Yeah. 
So they have to kill Windows and light him on fire as well. And then you still have to do more blood tests. I like that the film, the, they edited that perfectly. They didn't waste any dead time. Right. They just went right back to business. Thoroughly appreciated that. Yeah. I love when Child's, his blood is tested. Keith David is just the fucking best. He's just sitting there all tied up and he goes, all right, let's do it. <laughs> Puts his fucking thing in there. <laughs> no response. And he's like, get me out of here. I don't like, come on, get me out of here. Um, I was really hoping that Childs was not the thing. Right. I wanted him to go to the end. And. Well, you got it, your wish. Yeah. But he's suspect. Yeah. Well, that's but, what I love about the end. But also. Yeah, just don't know. Blood test when Gary gets his. I also love his yelling. I know you all have had a very trying time, but I'd like to not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking couch. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, I can't remember how he dies. Oh, in the in the he gets Wilfred Brimley's hand. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. She also noticed that uh, Wilfred Brimley drags his face away, and it's all. Loved. <laughs> How great is that? Loved that. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Kind of rude. Like, the thing is just rude. Oh, yeah. The You're thing doesn't give a fucking shit. No. No feelings. They, fi- they find the spaceship. Wilford's been building a spaceship. Yeah. That was it just for gigs? Just because he wanted to? I think he just wanted to get away. No. But what I never understood about this movie was, (laughs) did he dig that whole trench himself? Because that's a lot of work in about 24 hours. It was like a whole warehouse. Yeah. Like a snow warehouse. Or was that already there? An igloo. It was an igloo? Mm Mm-hmm. The other thing that I think is a major grievance for this movie... Clothes rip. Like you become the thing, your clothes rip open, but then when you become the person, you're wearing the clothes. <laughs> A hole. That's fucking horseshit. Yeah. That's why I liked the hand on the face and the fucking fingers into the skin. Yeah. Because that makes more sense. Then you can keep the clothes. You just got to go, you know, go through an orifice. Go through some, <laughs> go go through some hole. You pull down their pants, hand on the butthole. <laughs> Sorry, you're the now thing. Now it's a totally different movie. <laughs> so the thing's a little rapey. <laughs> Got it. Uh, yeah, I would have liked um, some clarification on yeah the clothes situation and the spaceship. You can't just drop a bomb on like that at the end of the movie and then expect me to get over it. I need more information. Mm -hmm. That was a big thing that was revealed and I didn't get enough information on it. Well, sorry. I'll say that's my one grievance. Okay. Well, two, because the whole dogs, the dog situation sucked. Heard. That was hard. Yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, Kurt Russell starts seeing that thing come up like a, like a scene from Tremors. And he's like, well, fuck. Fuck you too. 
Yeah. I felt that. Right? Felt him. I like how he jumps off the little snow ledge into a roll before he... Yeah, the little tuck and roll. (laughs) I'm I'm not sure (laughs) I'd be tucking and rolling with lit dynamite. (laughs) Yeah. I'll just jump down, thank you. Land on my (laughs) goddamn feet. (laughs) Uh, That was fun, though. It also would have been funny if his big hat got in the way and then he landed awkwardly and broke his neck. It's like, ah, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least then you're just dead. Yeah. You don't got to worry about it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Tuck and roll. Oh, fuck, my neck. (laughs) Oh, we're screwed. But uh, let me ask you this, like, because uh, that, you know, you have the tentacles come out and kind of grab the the dynamite plunger. What do you think yeah. of the stop motion and shit in this movie? Uh, yeah. I mean, it looks pretty good. Right. Yeah. For You know, for, for what it is, you can tell that it's an yeah. obvious stop motion effect. But the yeah, things I mean, that they, I think they do really good, like when they're in the dog kennel and all the sort of tentacles are waving around. Those are a bunch of whips, first of all. Just like a guy going like this. Oh, wow. Just flinging stuff just around. Just flinging whips. But the thing that they do do is, you know, like the sort of those kind of whip tentacles come out and like wrap around the dogs and stuff. And so what they do is they have the dog wrapped around and then they take it off and then reverse the film. There's like lots of film reversing in this movie for that kind of stuff. I figured it was something like that because they're not going to choke dogs on film. I should hope this not. isn't a dog snuff film. And I appreciated that. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty fucking close. Yeah. <laughs> Fake dogs. Fake, yeah. Fake. Yeah. But if it wasn't fake, man, it would be snuff. Yeah. And I would not be watching that movie. Yeah, Walking down the street. Hey, want to see some dogs die? No, I don't want to watch dogs die. Absolutely What's the matter with you? Not. You've. Psych, you psycho! I'm calling nine one one. You're alarming. <laughs> Don't worry um, about it. They deserve it. They're the thing. <laughs> nope. Still, <laughs> can't do it. Oh, I forgot about a line that I love when you know when Max out and they think he's the thing, and he comes back in. So, he's got the dynamite. Then he gets the flamethrower. <laughs> then he gets a gun. So he's keeping everybody at bay because he knows he's human. And I love the moment where he tells them that they're going to do the blood test. And Child says, fuck that. I'm not doing a blood test. And he goes, then I'm going to have to kill you, Childs. And he says, then kill me. And he just brings the gun to his head and says, I mean it. I guess you do. (laughs) All right, I'll do the blood test. So good. (laughs) Don't call my bluff, Childs, okay? Yeah. We're fucked out here. Oh, I'm not going to let it. you fuck me anymore. Keith David is just the best fucking actor ever. I love him. He was so good. <laughs> I guess you do. Yep. <laughs> just pleases me. And then, me. um, yeah, so Kurt Russell blows everything up. And Childs finally comes out of the, the storm because he got lost. Or so he says. We don't know. So what do you think of this ending? Um, I mean, it sucks on one hand because I was like, fuck. Nobody's coming for them. They're going to die. Right. And 
It's pretty One nihilistic. But I don't yeah. think this movie could end any other way. And I fucking no. love this ending. I think it's great. Agreed. I think it had to end this way. Um, I don't think that Childs is the thing. Oh, interesting. But he doesn't know that McCre- that McCready isn't either. Right. So I think they're just both human and they're going to die. That's what I always thought. Yeah. I think at one point John Carpenter, had, like maybe five years ago, said, no, they're both things. But I think he just was, I think he's full of shit. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Well, okay, the only way that McCready would be a thing up until that point is if he got infected after the explosion by something else that reached out and he became infected and then he sat down and then Childs came in. He got infected by the pink mist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All those blood particles yeah. in there. It's like, ah, shit, I got it in my eye. Because the thing is constantly in survival mode it's not going to blow itself up to trick everybody well and that's one of the questions i have because burned burned things can still come alive yeah and tentacle people (laughs) (laughs) not that there's people that are tentacles but they that the tentacle isn't a verb they tentacle people yeah yeah tentacle (laughs) I know what I'm talking about. What's that guy's um, name? Uh, Bennings, right? Yeah. Bennings, the bald guy. The guy who gets shot at the beginning. He mm-hmm. gets tentacled. Yeah, he did. Big time. But that thing was, they th- that was the one they b- brought back from the, the Norwegian outpost. So they thought that it was dead. So my question yeah. is, even if you blow it up, can some part of it still fuck your shit up? I mean, I think it's safe to say we should not go to Antarctica. (laughs) Find out. It's just filled with things. Um. Anyway. No, all that aside. Fucking Childs and Mac sitting together, waiting to die in the cold, drinking some fucking J&B. Yeah. That's good stuff. It is good. This movie's fucking great. Solid. Loved it. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Your face. (laughs) The the surprise. Yeah. Yes. You're welcome. I did this. (laughs) I made you a better person. Uh, so what's your drinking game? Oh, shit. The drinking game. I didn't even think of a drinking game because I was so excited about the movie. Wow. I only thought of one mid-episode. You did think of one? Yeah. Man, for the first time ever, I did not think of a drinking game. All right. You go and I'll think. Okay. Uh, My drinking game is every time you see the thing seemingly alive for what it is. So it can't be hidden in a person because then right. otherwise you would just drink the whole the whole movie. Um, but when you see the thing, when it's clearly alive, not when it's pretending to be dead. All right. It's enough. I'm going to go with 
take a drink every time you see either a flare or a flamethrower. Oh my god, it's so much. Ignited. <laughs> <laughs> well, the blood test scene night night. <laughs> night night. <laughs> Maybe I should just choose one of them, like just flamethrower. Yeah. Or just flare. Yeah, because both is intense. Mm. Well, if you're doing a sip, like an actual like drink. Yeah. Okay, not a shot. Not a full shot. No. Okay. I was yeah. thinking if... more like yeah, a sip. Then yeah, you can do both. Then. Excellent. All nice. right. My first thought was yours. Because that's a good one. Yeah. But you don't see it for a bit. So a good part of the, the first part of the movie, uh, you're not drinking. Right. You're not drinking until the dog. You'll play catch up. Yeah. You play catch up real fast. <laughs> you'll have, yeah. you'll have, don't worry, everyone. You'll have plenty of booze. <laughs> plenty of time. Don't worry about it. All right. That's it. Back to shitty movies for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is the good, it's the good and bad. It's a bittersweet thing. Right. While doing teachable moments cuz it's a relief to just watch something good uh and then really sad when it's over. <laughs> so it's more sweet bitter. There you go. Bittersweet. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for the teachable moment of the thing. You're going to have to tell us what you think. Are you with us? Do you love this movie? Are you like someone else I could mention? Matthew. Do you not like this movie? <laughs> Let them have it, you. You're going to have to find us and tell us what you think. On uh, Find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Send us an email to the How Dare You podcast at gmail.com. For Lady Chu of Tua T Fitness, Chance here. I'm from the How Dare You Awards. Say goodbye, Lady Chu. Goodbye, everybody. Oh, that was sweet. That was nice. That was I, regular was person sincere. instead of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Have a great day. Excellent. Good day to you, madam. Good day, sir. Until next time. I'm a genius, Chew. <laughs> okay. Don't, Don't deny me my genius. The thing. <laughs> well, I have to take my shoes off. They're uh, squeaky. Squeaky shoes. Band name. <laughs> squeaky, squeaky shoes. Ladies and gentlemen, squeaky shoes. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Ha, <laughs>